Join Scotty and Hans Tuesday from noon to 3 at the re-grand opening for the Mountainland Supply Far West Store. Bigger and better at 3124 North State Route 126. 20th West in Far West. Free hats, raffle prizes, and barbecue lunch. All right, PK, we've got questions coming in. Questions for the coaches. Kyle Whittingham has has his 11 a.m. meet availability. Kalani's at noon. Gary's got his today. Gary was on with us earlier today. If you want to hear that interview, you can go to 1280thezone.com, wherever you get uh, your podcasts, Stitcher, iTunes, wherever, and you can listen to uh, our conversation with Gary. All right, questions. PK, can you read their minds? I cannot, but what I want to know is why all the penalties? Now, I'm not saying that the penalties were wrong, nor am I saying penalties cost the team the game or helped SC win the game. because well, they there was did. Tw- I mean, they did help SC win the game. Help, uh, but the, the SC had 11. Yeah. That's still a lot. There was 27 penalties. Why all the penalties? And I'm sure they went back and looked at them. Were all the penalties legitimate? Uh, I know that uh, Hans is doing his video review, and he's already said there were two garbage calls on holding. Holds that weren't holds. Offensive line oriented, for sure. Uh, but SC had him. Like there was one where Utah tackled the guy aggressively, flipped him over, and tossed him down, and there was a penalty on SC, and then Utah did it later, and there was no penalty. It was the exact same thing. Coop Dog wants uh, Kyle to be asked, is the Coliseum your kryptonite? No. 0-5 oh, at the Coliseum. It's the team. It's not the venue. I mean, there's 55,000 people there at seats. There's 20,000 empty seats. Yeah. So, so why are they 3-1 and one against them at home and 0-5 oh, down there? Just the way it's worked out in those years. A stop two-point conversion here. Fumble at the goal line there. Yeah, and then they had a block kick a block for kick a tie. Block kick that would have tied the game yeah. eight years ago. I think the biggest surprise is the guys got beat over and over again on deep balls. And it was right from the start. I mean, Two uh, opening drives. Slovis completed both passes that he threw, if I remember correctly, and Fotu nailed him on the second one, and then yeah. he was out. They were then, both short. They kept him in front of him. You can see that. I think the mystery yeah, is— Yeah, but it gave him first downs, it gave did. him some gave him momentum, moved yeah, the absolutely. ball. But getting beat over the top, I mean, those four big plays, they got almost half their passing yardage on four plays. The Ratfink coming off the bench and, and hitting deep and on uh, you know the 77-yarder. And then there was one. I thought the crit- critical play was third down, and they got a 40-yarder to Pittman down the Utah sideline. On the uh, – when it was 23-20 late in the game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they had uh, – they were back in their press coverage then. They had nine guys at the line of scrimmage, and the two safeties are only seven yards off the line. And they get beat over the top. That was bad news. I don't believe that'll happen again this year. I could be wrong. Now, obviously, Washington State's going to score, and they're going to score via the air. I already get that. They're going to throw it a lot. That's what they do. We know that. Yeah, so their stats, your stats defensively are always going to be inflated against those dudes because of who they are offensively. Daniel wants to ask Kalani, are we ever going to see a dialed-up blitz this year? 
A dialed up blitz. Dial up the blitz, or just or maybe an undialed it. up blitz. Well, they had a couple of them against Washington. They just didn't get they home. They were going to beat Washington. Washington's a better team. I, you're right. That what he said. Yeah, you're right. So they're going to play ten times out of ten. I'm just saying. I'm trying to answer that question. That they did dial it up. They're not going to beat Washington. They haven't beat Washington. They haven't been competitive with Washington. Kyle, do you believe the coaches and players overlook USC? Why or why not? He'll get asked that today. For what? Overlook them for what? Not take them seriously because they lost oh, to BYU, I guess is what he means. I mean, overlooked him. I mean, it's USC. How do you overlook the conference over no, against I USC I actually think the loss against game. BYU worked against Utah's favor. Yeah, I can see that. Because all this talk and Urban Meyer is on site mm-hmm. and the crowd was ready to chant Urban, we want Urban. He was there. Everybody was excited about it. And they, they kept him off limits. I know some people tried to get in touch, tried to go down and talk to him before the game. Having none of it. That wasn't happening. Nope. Eh, so Same I don't when the think... game day crew comes to town. They don't make the, the biggest names available. They just don't. Okay, that's fine. But Urban is in a different situation. Yeah, he is because Herb Street's not going to be a coach, and Urban <laughs> probably is. Right, if he wants to be, if certainly. Want, yeah. Uh, so I think that worked against Utah because I think that f- narrowed the focus on SC to make sure that they were at the top of their game. Ute Deplorable wants us to ask Kyle if he can use Britton Covey more on screenplays where Covey gets hammered by defensive linemen. That wasn't working at all. That was really not working. No. They were prepared. USC was fully prepared for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Covey took some big hits. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just, he got, I mean, it, I mean, the guys are out weighing him by 100 pounds. I, I think I more. said it I, uh, earlier in uh, last month when we had Riley Jensen on. I think people get fired up to hit Britton Covey because they know he's not going to hurt you. Yep. You can only hurt him. Yep. Because he's just too small. You did bring that up a month ago. I remember it. Yeah. Ask Kyle how it feels to get torched by a third-string quarterback. <laughs> That's... Kyle, how does it feel to get torched by? I don't and we, think... we, well, actually, we did ask him that Saturday or Friday night. The fact that it was third string. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. Just yeah. getting torched by. No, the, the a third string guy. I mean, the reality is he's a third string guy, and a couple of things he said that you know he's a junior. Ratfink's a junior, so <laughs> Matt Fink, Rat Fink. <laughs> I like Ratfink. I know you do. It's a great nickname. It's the best one I've six ever heard. Or seven times this I'm not going to stop. There were some people saying Finkmeister on Friday. No, I like Rat, Ratfink. Ratfink no, I like better. Ratfink better than it is. Finkmeister. And so Ratfink's a junior, so he's been in a program for a number of years now. And he's and, throwing to awesome receivers who went in a couple balls that he shouldn't have thrown. The 77-yard touchdown pass shouldn't have been thrown, and yet he had a receiver go make a play and get it, so I guess it should have been thrown. But it's not the typical read that a Well, just don't underthrow it like he did on the Terrell Burgess one. That one, he just floated up there. And you could yeah. see, as soon as he left, left his hand, uh, I said to myself, this isn't going to end well for those guys because it was going to be floated. It was floated, and that gave guys opportunities. If you have a one-on-one and you throw it a little deep and allow Pittman, who's a tall receiver, to go get it, that's actually a good play. Yeah, and I, I thought actually the second touchdown pass, he did the same thing. He was on the move there. Maybe that's why he threw the pick. It was kind of the same thing. He was rolling right. Except it was a float. And he well, threw – I know, but he threw yeah, that – But that's it was goes right up in the middle. But the receiver yeah, goes yeah. in between the, but it wasn't, the safety in the corner and gets it. There wasn't uh, 
it was too crowded when he threw that. Yeah. And where you sit in the press box, you could easily see it. Uh, you can maybe not be seeing it on TV because they don't follow it that long, but you can see, you can just look and uh, see. No one's open, dude. And I'm thinking to myself, nobody's open. Don't throw it away. Yeah, but he and, didn't, and he didn't, and it, didn't, it hurt him. Oh, it got uh, Utah back in the game. And Utah only scored, scored two touchdowns, and that was that set up one of them. They mm-hmm. took over in the red zone. Right. Yeah, they did because he had a nice return too. Uh, so, yeah, I think it was a little bit of an anomaly. I expect them to come out and play much better, but. It's tough, man. These teams, there's not that much separating, if any. So many, and, and it's a it's a given Saturday. This isn't necessarily a top heavy conference. This isn't the SEC and the ACC. This is the depth of well, the conference. It really is reflected in the rankings when we've seen half a dozen teams ranked this year, and maybe somebody else who hasn't been ranked yet will still get ranked. So maybe they'll end up being a seventh team ranked at some point this year. Well, we've had seven. We've had seven. It'll be an eighth team that would get ranked sometime this year. So, and yet none of them are in the top ten. So that does suggest that these teams can beat each other up. Well, yeah. yeah, Well, well, right now your best chance for a playoff is Cal. Everybody else got a loss. Everybody else does have an L now, don't they? Yeah, so the conference ought to be Cal fans, speaking of the conference folks, not the individual schools. Right. Uh, they play Friday night against the Sun Devils in Berkeley. So, and Cal's going to lose at some point. Seems like it. Yeah. Well, Maybe this week. Who knows? It's just not that much. Not that much separating from anybody, from literally, maybe Oregon State. Yeah, I wanted to put UCLA down there, but they get the win over Washington State, so they can take anybody out in any given game. They've already done it. And that's all we're talking about. We're only talking about one individual game. We're not talking about nine games. Not talking about UCLA going seven and two. No, we're not speaking of that at all. We're speaking individually on a given Saturday, most likely in whatever night they play. Can this team beat that team? Yes, it's not inconceivable. Not at all is it inconceivable. Maybe Oregon State is not in that bracket, but pretty much everybody else can beat anybody else on a given whatever. That's that's the reality of this conference. I've been saying it till I'm blue in the face. And that's the way it is to go Walter. <laughs> and that's the, and that's the way it is. It is. That is the nature of this conference, and it's been the nature of this conference for many years. You had some exceptions, the Pete Carroll years, to an extent. But even they struggled to go undefeated in conference. There has been one undefeated team since Pete Carroll's 05 team had to forfeit all the games after that undefeated season that ended with the Rose Bowl loss to Texas. And that was Oregon last year, the Pac-10. Literally in Pac-12 play? Nobody has gone undefeated. And there's going to be some games where the favorite and the more dominant team, standings-wise, is taken right down to the end. But yet they win, but it wasn't a a comfortable win. 
That's who this conference is. That's why I don't care. Oh, my gosh. SC has to lose twice. Yeah, I get it. SC has to lose twice. And they probably have, have to, to lose, lose two three. three times because I don't know that Utah's going to go 8-0. and zero. Well, none of us know, but you would bet against it. I would bet against it. And I know you'd bet against it because everything you just said. Yes. You do believe the conference is pretty even. They are going to have a bad day. And even if they don't, somebody else will have a great day. So the question is, will SC lose three times? And if they're going to lose three times, it'd be great if they hurried up and started doing that by losing in Seattle. Well, you can point to that one, yeah. And now, if we come back here a week from today, and SC's 3-0 and zero and has a win in Seattle, I'm impressed. Mm-hmm. And Utah loses to Washington State, you're in a whole lot of trouble That's as pretty, far as winning the division. It's pretty much over then. If it's 3-0 and oh and 0-2, oh and you still don't want to make it over? Well, I have to see what the Slovis injury is as far as the duration of him being out. Well, because if you don't have it, anybody I mean, because they like lost... A, it looked like a concussion with his head snapping back on the turf. Yeah, I know, but uh, Josh Rosen was in and out. Khalil yeah. Tate last year was in and out. So you, it doesn't mean that that one injury, then you've solved it and you'll never be injured like that again. I don't think he plays in Washington. And then they have a bye week. And then we'll see. But to your point, it's a concussion. If he gets hit again and snaps right. his head on the turf again, you're more likely to get the second concussion after you have one, we've been told. Right, right. And what happens to Ratfink if he gets hurt? Because Sears has left the program. Do they Joe Williams him and bring Sears back? Sears is still in school. And he comes out of retirement? Yes. <laughs> hey, Jack. Answer? <laughs> yes. We need you over here at the Hall of Champions. He wants to play. Except I don't know if he's using this year as a red shirt. He could uh, un red shirt and play, and he can also play four games depending on when it happens without. That's true, too. He needs to graduate, and then it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Right. He's immediately eligible. But if he doesn't play this year and graduates, have a year somewhere does else. he get an extra year? I would assume he does, but I have not tracked his individual. So then, then he ends up with three years down the line. <laughs> Then he becomes golden. There'd be a million teams that'd be after him, including, I would think, these guys right up the street. Absolutely. Since they wanted him out of high school. Everybody makes a call. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, he didn't play a lot, but he played a little bit. He looked all right. I mean, why? He if played you one game last year. Yeah, if you need a quarterback. They lost, but he looked good. It was against right. the Devils. And, and, and I remember Herm Edwards specifically uh, complimenting him on the way the kid played. So things can happen. Uh, yes, if... That scenario plays out where the Utes lose at home and SC wins in Seattle. Then I'll go with what you went earlier. Did you ever cut that? That's on a rocky road with a slope and it's raining and the tsunami's coming and there's an earthquake and a tornado. Somebody was in a hurricane (laughs) and uh, a tornado and a hurricane. You're on uh, a boat that's more fragile than Gilligan's boat and. A and tornado, all these things. A tornado and a hurricane walk into the bar. <laughs> There's still a path. It's just a narrow, windy, rocky path along the side of the cliff. What? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Don't worry, that's today's promo. Oh, and by the way, Yuck, tiebreaker. Am I right or am I wrong? What? What? About that? the narrow, rocky path? No, no. Not today. No, I'm, I'm, not I'm today. With PK not regard. today. Uh, Next week, I'll back you up. See, I'm with PK Under that scenario, regard. two things happen. But not today. I just got done explaining this is a f- crazy, funky, I'm on PK's side on this. If USC goes up conference. to Seattle and wins. And then, the Utes lose. And the Utes lose, yes. Then, yeah. you're, then you're like, okay. Then SC is off. clearly yeah. in a driver's seat. And everybody's chasing them. And they were picked second, so it's not like, oh my gosh, they came out of nowhere. We knew from day one that they had not one, not two, but three great receivers. We already knew that. 
No big surprise. It's just that the surprise was Ratfink doing the throwing and not JT Daniels. 350 And, and, and how do we know that Slovis would have been able to do the same thing? We don't. So it might have actually worked against I them. I totally agree with that. I brought that up last night when we were discussing it uh, off air with some of the people at uh, Channel 2. Did, that, did the Utes inadvertently help USC? Well, yeah, Knock you make a out. play, you make a tackle, and the kid gets hurt. It's not like... Oh, I know. Both it's totally who's thinking, oh, well, I got to keep him in the game. But it's, you know, a couple of those throws, questionable judgment, but the receiver makes a play and they're touchdowns for 14 and 21 points. Does a freshman coming off three picks make those throws? Because he's been coached up not to throw into After him. After throwing the three picks. Right, he's been coached up, so he never throws the ball. Uh, Radfink's thinking, I got nothing to lose. They got nobody behind me. Brock, <laughs> <laughs> I'm cutting it loose, baby. Brock Hewitt is talking on the broadcast on the 77-yarder. Uh... It was uh, the, the slant, slant and go, and the safety's coming over. You don't throw that ball. It's a terrible play unless you're, until it isn't when your receiver goes up and just makes the play. Well, yeah, Radfink, see, he's been waiting three years for this. I'm not going to hand off. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, old school college basketball. He went Robbie Reed on him. He had to jack it up, man. <laughs> Robbie Reed waving Rogers playoff at the end of a Utah BYU game. Never mind, I got this. And then he just sticks a three. They never run a play. He never passes the ball. Never mind, I got this, coach. Yeah, you don't know what would have happened, especially a freshman who might have been a little timid coming off three picks that cost him essentially the game the week before against the Cougars in uh, down at the end. So who knows? All, all we do know is Ratfink comes off the bench and throws for 350. That's all we know. Everything else we can go this way, that way, what have you, and none of it matters. All we know is he came in, did what he needed to do, and SC won the game, and they're 2-0 and zero and the Utes are 0-1. That's all we know, and yep. that's all that matters. Nothing else matters. What matters going forward is the Utes' secondary's ability to not give up the big play. Because remember last year at Washington State, they gave a massive play late in the game, long touchdown catch and run, and that helped get them beat. They gave up the one against Northern Illinois, kind of a warning shot for what happened in USC. And they gave up four big plays and three of them were for touchdowns well, going, in the passing game here. They're going to give up big plays. Everybody does against Washington State. So expecting them to shut the guys down, I don't think it's going to happen. If you, Right now, if you told me Washington State comes in here and scores 28 points and that's it, I take, take it. You take it. And 28's the number that got them beat last year up in Pullman. I take it. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. There are seven NFL teams who are perfect 3-0 and an eighth. The Detroit Lions are 2-0-1. The Niners are 3-0 for the first time since 1998 after getting a late touchdown to beat the Steelers 24-20. Pittsburgh drops to 0-3. Rams held on to beat the Cleveland Browns 20-13 on Sunday Night Football. They are a perfect 3-0, and in a battle of 2-0 teams, the Chiefs edge the Ravens 33-28, and they are now a perfect 3-0. Former Ute kicker Matt Gay missed a 34-yard field goal as time ran out. Tampa Bay loses to the New York Giants 32-31. Giants were down 18 at the half and rallied to win the game. Monday Night Football, Chicago at Washington. Kickoff at 6.15 on ESPN and right here on the Zone Sports Network. 
Top of the Wire is brought to you by Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy. If you want better health and to feel better, check out Restore Hyper Wellness and Cryotherapy and ask about the Zone listener specials on cryotherapy, IV drips, hyperbaric oxygen treatment, and more. Visit Restore.com for more details. Big Show. Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? I like myself a good french fry with ketchup and mayo. I'm not talking about fry sauce. I'm talking about real mayo and real ketchup. Is yeah. that, that fry sauce? Uh, that's kind of what I was Te- thinking. Technically, I'm not it talking is. about spaghetti and meatballs. I'm talking about spaghetti and meat balled up. <laughs> Europe had it before fry sauce ever showed up here. Bite your tongue. Fry sauce started here, sir, with yeah. Arctic Circle. We created fry sauce, and we will own that in perpetuity. It's oh, different. they did it in Europe we, first. It tastes different. Separate than in Fry sauce. Next thing you know, Gordon's going to tell us Brigham Young didn't say this is the place, but ah, this is good enough. <laughs> Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Play action to Malapai. Lots of time for Fink. Throws up the sideline. Now he's got Pittman, and he makes the catch at the 30. Gets away at the 25-20. Angling to the 15-10. We talked about all our quarterbacks were good players, and Matt got his opportunity, came in, and offensively found a way to rush for just enough yards to end the game. So, uh, team victory, great win for our program. That's Clay Hilton after USC beat Utah Friday night. Time to get you caught up on everything we've been talking about in this show. It's brought to you by Larry H. Miller, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, Ram, and Sandy. Find your deals online at LHMDeals.com. So, highlights, takeaways, what people want, you want people to remember from this show. One, you're totally against all the doom and gloom. It sucked. It made life harder, but there's a lot of football left to be played. Yeah, absolutely. And this is a crazy conference for the Utes. Things are going to happen. I promise you, things have already happened, and they're going to continue to happen. So, you got to just hunker down and win ball games. You don't win ball games, and who cares what happens, right? Doesn't matter. You got to find ways to win. You're back. You're, you, your task is more difficult, but it's not impossible. And for BYU, you wanted to be two and two, and you lost your best running back, and that sucks for him. Uh, I, he's done for the season. He announced that himself. Uh, so, but still, the competition is not as tough. You know. So now you you have an opportunity to win some games, and you were going to lose players. It's just a matter of. Who is the angel of injury going to strike? It's going to happen. Right? Aggies are set up, doing what they do. Uh, I had them at 3-0 and at this point. Uh, but they're 1-0, and that's what matters the most because they're, obviously they're not going to the playoff. So uh, you're right where you want to be. They haven't won a Mountain West Conference title yet, so that is the most important thing. That is For the, sure. Same as the Utes in the Pac-12. Get Everybody. the conference title. Everybody in the Mountain West, everybody in the Pac-12, that's the number one goal. Every year, that's your number one goal. Utes are favored by, excuse me, Aggies are favored by 20.5 points. You oh, want to I, take a I shot them to roll. You want to take a shot at the, uh, the Utes? Uh, Utes in Washington State, what do you think that looks like? Yeah, I think that's that's a uh, – I would take that off the board because Utah has a couple injuries and they'll um, see if they announce it or they go cat and mouse with it and see what happens when we get there. But I would go in the four range for the Utes right now. Yeah, it was six. But I'm with you. It's it ought six. to go off the board. I was surprised when I saw it. It's six, are you saying? Yeah. Okay. And BYU? 
against Tule Do? I'll go eight. Three. It's down to two and a half. Two and a half now. That's a Jake Olroyd 52-yarder. Boom, we win. <laughs> 54. Put some respect on that young man's name. Uh, yeah, but that's in elevation. So oh, okay. Gotcha. It's sea level. That's another thing I hate. That could have been good from 85. <laughs> no, as soon as he hit that and they nuts. were saying, he could move from 60, I'm like, that's PK's that biggest drives gripe. me nuts. You're not kicking a 50, a 60-yarder. You're kicking a 54. You don't know that everything would be the same. You don't, and I think that uh, back to that whole expectation, pressuring, it might be better off if you know you can make it from 60 when you kick it 50. When you have to line up for 60, tell yourself it's 50 and just kick it. Gets into golf swings and psyching yourself out. We saw that with Matt Gay. He's missing a 34-yarder with the game on the line. He can make a 34-yarder in his sleep. Yep, missed an extra point, too, and had a single one blocked. That's yes, five points boom, in the he's kicking. Facing heat. Five points in the kicking game and a one point loss to the. In Giants. the world of kicking, you do that another week, and that following Tuesday they'll have thirty guys there. So, don't let it happen again, Mister Gay. They don't. They don't mess around there for sure. They really don't. Yeah, they really don't. I guess the good news is you'd probably end up getting a second chance in another city, but why mess this one up? You got a good thing going. So, make. Make the big kicks. I think this game for the Cougars at this point is the most critical game they can play. Because there's a massive difference between 3-2 and two and 2-3. Two and three. And if you lose to Toledo, then you wonder you open about the, door. the whole series of road games. That, that's the, you know, home. Well, Boise State at home, home and then the Aggies in San Diego State on the road too. Right. And you got to fly to Toledo and South Florida, which you ought to be better than both those teams. But sometimes when you travel, weird things happen. Yeah, this is a gigantic game for them and what they're trying to accomplish this season to find a way to get seven and eight wins. They've done what they needed to do. Now they have a blow with Williams out. But, you know, Supka looked okay. They like Katoa. So it's not like you're just totally bare. It's... More the you're, you're not angst for the kid not being yes. able to play. That's I, what matters the most. He was still the best running back, so sure it's a blow. But you're expecting your, your running welcome, back to be welcome. healthy the whole season. Good luck on you. Welcome to football. Yeah, it's tons of injuries. Tomorrow we'll see it because coaches will talk today, and tomorrow I'll just see a whole list. Last week we were talking about injuries. It's like there's. Three college quarterbacks and three NFL quarterbacks knocked out last week, and we were talking about them all. Well, they had success last year against the Utes with Hadley, and he was a converted running back and linebacker and safety, and I think he played lacrosse and a bunch of other stuff there. Find an athlete. Plug him in. That's the thing about running back is that a lot of guys played it in high school and moved to other positions. So you can usually find somebody on your roster who has experience if you have to go that deep. But he's still the best running back they had, so hopefully the other guys will be given, able to give him 80 or 90% of what they were getting. Well, I'd be surprised if Moss is playing this week. I would be too. So, But you keep telling me next man up, and you got all this depth, and you love all these guys. All so right, well, next now, man up. Now let's see how much you love him. And, and Brumfield had the unfortunate fumble, but he looked okay. Yeah, there were a couple guys unblocked on that play. That didn't, didn't help. I was disappointed overall in Utah's offensive line. I don't care how many yards they got. It was too inconsistent. They had plays that they blocked up and yeah. were big gains. The, the drive in the uh, 
I think it was in the second quarter when they backed themselves up with a couple penalties and they had like second and 30 or something ridiculous. Then they break off a 35-yard run. It's not like they didn't block up someplace great, but then the next play, there's two or three Trojans running around in your backfield right after the snap. You can't have two or three Trojans running around in your backfield. How many times have I said that? You say, I mean, that's been my mantra for years. I I don't want two or three Trojans running around in my backfield. Have you got any guess on how long Moss is out? Anybody tell you anything, or are you in the dark on that one? Because they, they have a bye week after Washington State. And then, and then they have Oregon State. So if you got all this depth, maybe he gets a month. I don't know if, I don't know what it is or how bad it is. Well, because of the bye week, um, I'm not, and I could be wrong, but I'm not expecting him this week. And then you have that bye week. And then reevaluate there, and you'd have to think that you can go to Corvallis and win that game. You'd hope. So then you're looking right there. That's a month. And then what do they got? Uh, ASU and Cal. ASU, Cal, Washington, and into another bye. Yeah, that's a nice three-game stretch. Should determine a lot. Oh yeah, because you're into November then. Yep. All right, other stuff we've talked about during this show. Seven teams in the NFL off to a perfect 3-0 start. I think the Niners and Bills are clearly the most surprising there. The Lions aren't 3-0, but they are 2-0-1. That doesn't mean mean anything to me. 3-0? No. It's too early. It's way too early. I think, to me, the biggest surprise yesterday was New Orleans going into Seattle and handling them fairly easily. Got a uh, was the number one surprise. Got a special teams touchdown, and then got a scoop and score, and that got him off on the right foot. And by the time Seattle got it together, and you're doing it with a backup quarterback, yeah. And it was it wasn't all the stuff about them splitting time. It was Bridgewater's show. Hill did not throw a pass. He ran it one time for five yards. That was that was the Bridgewater show the whole way. That's what I thought. I mean, I love Taysom as much as the next guys, but is he a starting NFL quarterback? I didn't think so. But they've been using him more and more, and they took the coach at face value, and it shows what that gets you. Nothing. I didn't think they were going to go 50-50. That was just him being cute, so Seattle had to prepare for everything? Yeah, because he's such a wild card. He's liable to throw a bullet or run for 80 yards. I mean, the guy's just a one-of-a-kind athlete, so sure, I'd throw that out there. He's the ultimate decoy. That's why he gets so much run every time he comes out on the field. What's going to happen now? We don't know because he's capable of doing anything. All right, that's all the stuff we've been talking about. Your feedback is coming up next. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. So I'm trying to get my phone to not call me Hans. All right, try it again. Don't call me Hans. Okay, what should I call you? Hans. You'd like me to call you Hats. Is that right? <laughs> no. Hans. You'd like me to call you Pants. It's <laughs> the dumbest thing. Like Lance or Dance. What is my name, Google? Your name is Hans. God, stupid, dumb thing. Could you call me Hans, Ned? You'd like me to call you Handsome. Is that right? Well, it's better than Hans, yeah. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. 
I'm a Utah fan, but what I saw on Friday night was just what I thought I saw in the first three weeks of this year. An eight or nine win team that really doesn't have anything that special. The Utes going the rest of the way, winning it out, getting to the Rose Bowl is like Frodo Baggins dropping the ring in Mount Doom. That entirely bogus pass interference call, if that's not made, it's third and four with like a 36-yard field goal that he could have missed if they would have held him on third down. You guys never admit the effect refs can have on a game. Your feedback brought to you by Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUE for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. Refs have an effect on games. Play through it. I don't want to hear it. I, I actually had this conversation with Brian Dunseth about a week ago. He's like, you really don't talk about refs much. And I said, sports are here to be fun. Refs are not fun. I try not to talk about them. It's like talking about off-field issues or about labor stuff. Well, like if a league is going to stop playing, yeah, we're going to bring it up. But it's not fun. It's not why anyone's a sports fan. Why do you want to talk about that stuff? I don't want to talk about that. The uh, games are fun. The players are fun. The refs. Once you so introduce fun. refereeing, then you better make sure every call and every non-call, the entire game was perfect. And now you make sure you call me when that happens. Because I want to see the tape of the first time that it'll ever happen. And what, go get, replay that again. Because didn't he have a bunch of ifs there? Because that's if what you're they doing. they miss the field yeah. goal. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So. And it does change situation and change the odds, and I get all that. But it's just, if you start talking about it, it just keeps going on. And I, I never, ever have gone to a game and thought, man, I hope to see some And really the only team who tonight. talks about it is your team that lost. That entirely bogus pass interference call, if that's not made, it's third and four with like a 36-yard field goal that he could have missed if they would have held him on third down. Right. If you guys never admit the effect refs can have on a game. Yes, I do admit. And that bogus targeting call that Merlin Robertson got last year and that bogus two-point conversion that ASU got, they would have won the division. You're damn right I didn't want to talk about refs. They would have won, and then they would have beat Washington because their offense was better and they would have gone to the Rose Bowl. And yes, I want, I want to talk about, let's State. talk about referee and I'll talk about refereeing all day. Could but don't just talk about your deal. That's the whole thing. And you're never going to benefit from a call this year from a ref. That's ne- In fact, you'll never, not this, this year, but every year. Because when Merlin Robertson got that bogus targeting call, and had to sit out the first half against Oregon in which they scored 28 points, and then he came back in the second half and they only scored three. Yeah, let's talk about referee, and I'm all for it. But you just, why don't I take a bat and then just run around it five trillion times? Oh, I love that. Yeah. And then stagger I mean, around can, the court while the jazz crowd roars you with approval? You spin yourself into the ground doing that. Sure, they have effects on games. Every game they have an effect. And then if we once we go down that road, that's all we would be talking about. Who was that? Shut up. That was Dan. Dan, you lost. Get over it. Dan, Dan, the laptop man. Come on, Dan. That bogus call. Come on. Yeah, I'm furious about it. Your Pac-12 South Division has a big old asterisk because refs gave it to you. Does he want to hear that? No. We got a lot of questions uh, and 
Kyle and Kalani and Gary all have their media availability coming up. Jace. Jace has a good one for Kyle. What impact did playing lower-level teams the last two games have on the play of Utah against USC? Should they have scheduled harder teams? I think they should have had one harder game, yeah. Washington State had a cupcake schedule and then blew a lead. Utes had two easy games. Well, it turned out all three, but the BYU game, you never know. That's a rivalry game. There's still emotion. But Northern Illinois and Idaho State? I think they need to step up their game, non-conference scheduling. I don't know how else to say it. Well, they added Arkansas. We have not discussed Arkansas losing to San Jose State. Is that a good look? I got <laughs> no. Baylor coming up, too. That's years from now, though, yeah. right? Yep, but that's how it works. When you decide to step up your game, it usually takes years to do it because everybody signed up for the well, next they had years to do two it. to three years. Yep. I mean, did they, they schedule Northern Illinois in, in, in the 1900s or what? <laughs> 99, I think. No. <laughs> no, I think they scheduled them four or five years ago. <laughs> Probably. So I just think they need a tougher schedule to, to, to test themselves more. I, in my mind, it played. And then I had somebody else say, oh, yeah, have them schedule it, and then they get hurt. Uh, okay, well, so then they don't get hurt, and then you don't know you have things to work on, and now you're 0-1. Bottom lines, there's a lot of frustration going on. We're blaming refs. We're blaming the sun. We're blaming this. We're blaming that. Whatever. Whatever. Whoever you want to blame it on. Uh, but in order for the team to get better, if they start blaming it on refs, that's not going to help them get better. you got to look inward to solve your problems. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 12.8 of the zone. We're out of here. Tony and Austin are up next.